We mentioned a little bit earlier, it's going to be a little bit different this morning. We're going to have uh, three people come and share. Um, Celeste served for a time overseas this summer. Uh, we never said the name of the country, so you'll have to ask her personally about that. But Celeste, would you come and share, please? Get this mic down a little bit. That might help. Thank you. Um, yeah, so I was in the Middle East. If you want to know a specific country, just ask me afterwards. Um, this summer, as part of an internship, and while I was there, I was really able to process a lot of different things and learn a lot, so it was really difficult to just kind of say one thing that I learned. Um, but something that I had to keep coming back to while I was gone, um, just two concepts I picked that I was and still am learning. Um, they kind of go together, so that's kind of cool. Uh, they contradict two lies that I've been believing for a number of years. And while I was gone, um, God showed me a lot of truth instead of those lies. So I just wanted to share that with you. Uh, these two lies, the first one is that I have to be a certain level of good Christian to reach God in my day-to-day walk with him. And the second lie is that God will leave me. And I've struggled with those for a while, and your struggles don't just go away as soon as you go overseas, apparently. So so God really had to work with me through those, and he's still working with me. So by no means do I have these completely down. It's funny that I struggle with these because I know that you can't earn your salvation and your good works don't save you. But often my feelings don't line up with the truth that I know in scripture. So this morning all I'd like to do is share the scriptures that have been readjusting my perspective. If I can find them fast enough. The first one is Psalm 139. And I'm going to read verses 1 through 12 and 17 through 18. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! If I would count them, they are more than the sand. I awake, and I am still with you. The second verse I'd like to share with you, um, more about the Holy Spirit, um, is in John 14, verses 16 through 17. And I will ask the Father, Jesus is speaking, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be with you. Will be in you. Excuse me. And the next one I have is Romans 8, 31 through 39. And this one is pretty familiar, and you might hear it a lot, but there's a reason you hear it a lot. So, 
What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He did it, who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And that is true whether you're a stay-at-home mom, or a student, or a missionary halfway across the world. Finally, 2 Corinthians 12.9 But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. The Lord has been meeting people where we're at since the beginning of the world. Because of his grace, he sees every sin that I struggle with and does not leave me. Instead, he uses the power of the Holy Spirit to accomplish every good work that he has for me. Not because I've reached a certain level of good Christian, but because of where grace meeting me exactly where I'm at. That's what I have. Thank you, Celeste. That was great. I think I was fourth grade when um, my parents came from Mexico to live in the States, and I'll never forget getting dropped into a fourth grade class and just being totally out of it. I mean, this wasn't my country, this wasn't my language, this wasn't any of those things. And so it wasn't until many years later that I realized there were other people who had that same struggle. A lot of missionary kids have that, okay, well, which culture am I from, and where am I really, where's my home? And so I, <clears throat> I've always felt a special um, kinship with those that are MKs. And Diana's going to come and share, and she's an MK from Haiti. So I had the wonderful privilege as a three-year-old to move from the United States of America and grow up on the beautiful island of Haiti where my parents were missionaries. During family devotions from God's word, my father introduced me to John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. As a four-year-old, my understanding was to choose Jesus and live with him forever in heaven and I believed at that moment. I still clearly remember that decision to this day. Growing up in Haiti, we had various church groups that came to the, from the United States to visit or work. I grew up tagging along and became a translator, as speaking Creole was my second language. 
These were the formative years of my learning and participating actively in hospitality. I learned through the modeling of my mother. Each missionary family took turns feeding or providing lodging for the guest. It became a great opportunity to learn about others, to hear their first impressions or concerns of what they had seen or experienced that day while visiting our country of Haiti. Our home was always open to everyone who stopped by. We did not have telephones or texting. Many stopped in to share their needs or concerns, asking for prayer or for advice. I observed over the years how both of my parents opened our home to people from all walks of life. It was a great learning experience and privilege. When we traveled to visit churches in the countryside of Haiti, hospitality was demonstrated in the most loving ways, and they would still be done today in spite of the earthquake. Haiti is the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere. The Haitian pastor, his family, and church members treated us as royalty. You were always greeted with a fresh demi-tasse of coffee or a warm soda upon your arrival. They didn't have refrigerators. Several members of the church donated towards these meals. They brought out their best linens and prepared a feast made for a king and queen. I love those trips where the food was cooked over an open fire with stones that held their cooking pots. That was my living example, how the New Testament church demonstrated sharing and giving. Fast forward 10 years or more. Tim and I moved about every two years during the first 10 years of our marriage. No, we were not in the military. I was blessed to be a stay-at-home mom, mother of two daughters. While living in North Carolina, we were attending a church that had many affluent members. I attended various women's Bible studies, which were held in different homes. I remember going to a home that definitely was out of my league. I was made to feel very welcome in their home. But as I left, I thought to myself as I returned to our mobile home, I could never have any of these ladies into my home. For a period of time, I allowed the blessings of serving others to be squelched, comparing myself to those other ladies. That is not what the Lord asks or wants from us. He wants us to open our hearts and our homes to everyone he chooses to bring into our lives. God used the Bible and his words to speak very clearly and plainly to me. In Philippians 4.11, Not that I speak from want, for I have learned to be content. Hmm. In whatever circumstances I am. I like the word learned. It's a process. It takes time. Contentment. Now that's a big word. We can choose to be content or not. I made a choice that day to learn to be content. In whatever circumstances, well, now we're stepping on my toes. I love that it's all a learning process and choices of how I react or respond. 
allowing God to use circumstances in my life. I loved the following verse, Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through him, that's Jesus Christ, who strengthens me. It's by God's strength, not mine, so it's not about me, but God. God is to receive the glory. I have these ver- I have this verse, Philippians 4.13, on my mirror as a daily reminder. A contentment of choosing in daily life. I, or we can choose to be joyful or not. Are you satisfied? Are you content? Are you blooming where God has planted you? In closing, my life verse, 1 Peter 5, 7. Casting all your anxiety cares on him, that is Jesus, because he cares for you. At this point, we're going to have someone who works with our youth and has been involved in lots of different ways here at Open Door. Uh, We're going to have Matt Barnes come and share with us. Matt? Good morning. A few weeks ago when Pastor Mark asked me to share this in this morning's service, I was quick to say yes and immediately started thinking, what in the world am I going to say? Um, I don't feel like I have any great dramatic stories to tell. Um, I can't talk about recovering from a a life-threatening illness or um, I haven't faced down a mad atheist in the park or anything. Um, I haven't faced being out of work, watching God pay my bills. You know, What should I share about? And even now I have other things rattling around in my mind that I thought about sharing. I'm going to stick to the script that I have here. Because as I started, as I started thinking about this and, and thinking about what God has done over time, um, I remember, for instance, I actually have been out of work. It's been a while. Um, our first couple of years of marriage, Daniil and I moved back to Belton after being in South Dakota. I found work in construction, which I really enjoyed. Um, but I did too much one day and threw out my back pretty badly. I spent a week on the couch. The thing is that job, you were paid to work, which meant when you weren't working, you weren't getting paid. Um, spending a week on the couch, I was aware of the need to pay bills. I couldn't do anything. All I could do was pray. And I had peace in that prayer. And at the end of that week, we received a $1,000 check in the mail. I know the source of that money, the long story behind that. All I can say, it was completely unexpected. God provided. God had answered that prayer. And it's easy to forget sometimes how God answers prayer and takes care of us. And two years ago, Tim and Christy, Danil and I took the youth group on a missions trip to southern Texas to Rio Grande Bible, Church, uh, Bible Institute. Days before we left, we learned that not only would we be able to get some instruction on evangelism, but we had the opportunity opportunity to do door-to-door evangelism to help with a Spanish-speaking church plant, as you've all heard about. It sounded great, and it was terrifying. Yeah, I can stand and speak or sing in front of hundreds of people, and it, it doesn't really bother me. Talking to one person face-to-face is terrifying. Um, 
I spent a lot of time on my knees during that trip on those days, praying for God's strength and for confidence and courage. And God provided. More amazing to me was the request and need that God answered that I didn't actually voice as a prayer. We were going door to door. Um, for instance, the first day, myself and a couple of kids from the youth group. The first day, I was just, it was just the three of us, none of us speaking Spanish in a neighborhood where many did not or would not speak English. So we did what we could to pass out tracts and, and other materials to people, communicating the very best we could, which was hardly at all. The next day we went out, we had a Spanish-speaking member of the church plant with us, and he spoke to many of the people that we encountered. During those days, I remember thinking, I wish I could do this with somebody who had some experience so I could learn from them, see how to be more effective at it. I didn't think about that much more. On the last day that we went out, we went out to the neighborhood earlier in the afternoon, and joining us was Dave from the church that was sponsoring the church plant. Dave wound up joining me and my teens in our neighborhood. Dave took the lead that day um, in sharing with people. He spoke the language. He could, he could speak to the people. But you have to understand, Dave was the pastor of the church, sponsoring the church plant. He has served overseas as a missionary and does door-to-door evangelism regularly. That request for guidance and instruction, that need for some mentoring, was met. That heartfelt desire and need. Even though I had never voiced it as a prayer request. No Heavenly Father, no Amen. But God heard, God knew, and God provided. I was thinking then about things in my life where God met a need I didn't even know I had. Where God met a need that I was unaware of. I was having a very hard time thinking of those, coming up with those. Probably by definition, because I'm not aware of them most of the time. But I'm reminded of a simple thing that I would say God provided. Working in an office in Kansas City, policies change from time to time. And some years ago, before I had a smartphone, my wife gave me a tablet as a Christmas present. And I started taking it to work with me to take notes on it, keep a personal calendar, things like that, separate from my work calendar. Within weeks of getting that gift, my employer changed their email policies and I could no longer send emails from work to public email systems like Gmail, things like that. Because I already had the tablet, I could continue to communicate with the church office, church family members, my family members, things like that. While at work, I could continue to be in communication. It's a simple thing. It's a little thing. Um, But through it, God provided for a need I didn't know I was going to have. I wasn't planning for that. I can't begin to guess how many times God has provided for me and my family without me really even being aware. I know it continues. Life has its challenges. We have some now. Um, I know we all have health and financial challenges. We have friends here at church or in, in, in the hospital and dealing with things. I have decisions to make about my employment that are being forced upon me. In the coming years. Despite the challenges we're dealing with and the questions that I have about things, I know that God cares and that He will provide what I need. I have seen God provide for my physical needs 
And if he chooses not to, I know that he will provide me with peace, hope, and confidence in him. And I know, I don't always feel it, but I know that I can continue to trust in him. Prayer. It really is about having a conversation with God about anything. Whatever we're struggling with, whatever we're going through. <clears throat> and, you know, there's a lot of funny things and, and the rest. But the thing that struck me was the parts where there is just an open sincerity at just talking, talking to God. One of the, and I have to be honest, prayer has been one of those things that I learned from a very young age, but praying and communicating and sharing my heart with God is something that has been hard many times and difficult at others. Um, <clears throat> this past uh, month has been one of those times when you say, I look back and say, man, <laughs> wouldn't want to do that again. And um, I am so thankful because when I went into the hospital, I, um, I had a book with me and I thought, well, be here a couple days, I'll just read. Uh, and I picked up the book and tried to read. And I could see the words and make out the words, but it just didn't make any sense. Nothing I read was making any sense at all. So you can imagine what I was thinking at that point. I mean, I make, uh, I mean, the life that God has given us to live means that I study, I read, I think, I try to put things together so that I can actually share those. And it felt like that was just gone. And I had no idea if that would be back. Um, one of the most honest prayers I've ever prayed uh, was very much, Lord, please give me the privilege of being able to share with your people again. It's been slow, slow progress, slow. The elders have been so good in giving me back just a little bit at a time so that I can build up and think clearly and all of the rest. And uh, again, honest prayers, right from the heart. Uh, I prayed not a whole lot because I wasn't thinking very clearly, but when I could think clearly, they always were about, okay, Lord, what's going to happen if... (laughs) And I had to go through all of those, what can I ha- what's going to happen if prayers, and simply say, okay, I do believe that you're sovereign, I know who you are, and even if I can't think clearly, you can. And that's where I had to end up. And left the hospital, went home, and uh, again, I still was really struggling with, I couldn't, I couldn't read a Bible and think. And one of my missionary friends, Woody Rowland, called me and I think Carol had kind of told him what was going on and he said Mark just get a book that would be a lot of fun to read and just read that don't read anything else and so I did I read I read a book it was it was fun I enjoyed it it was some kind of spy thriller I think I don't even remember and I got done reading that and it almost was as if there was a click and I thought oh I was able to sit down and have devotions, sit down and read God's Word, sit down and, and, and see some things again for the first time. 
That's, I hope, my encouragement to just say we're to be real with God. Whatever is going on, He knows it. So talk to Him about it. You struggle with a serious temptation, maybe nobody else knows what God does. Talk to Him about it. Be broken before Him about it. If you don't know if you're going to be able to to move forward and do what you'd like to do again, ask Him for the direction. Ask Him for the strength. And, And if it just means saying, Lord, I don't have a clue what to do, please help. That's a great prayer. May we together continue to learn in these really trying times that we're living that none of it has caught God by surprise. God is sovereign. Uh, you have to be honest, I didn't like that for nine days, that he was sovereign in where he put me. <laughs> but you know what? He knows what he's doing. He does. And we can live in that truth and continue to go to him because he said, you're weary, you're burdened, come. And we make that a salvation verse many times. What if... You already know the Lord, but you're heavy and burdened. Same thing. Come. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for the privilege of gathering this morning, of singing, praising, hearing the testimonies. What a wonderful thing, Lord. What an amazing thing it is that you give us the privilege of worshiping you. Thank you for your work in our hearts and in our lives. And Lord, I just pray that you'd help me to constantly live in that sense of being surrendered to you. And I pray for my brothers and sisters, wherever they're at in their walk, that they too would be in that desire of serving you or loving you from a surrendered point. Lord, keep us from clenching our fists to hold on to stuff or for any other reason and help us to live with our hands and hearts open, trusting you. We ask this in your name. Amen.